0: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light. And God saw that it was good. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus was baptized by John The heavens opened and the Spirit descended like a dove. Then God said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Welcome to Worship at Fort Street Presbyterian Church. My name's Garrett. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're watching on Facebook Live, thank you so much. If you're watching on youtube thank you if you called our dial a sermon service thank you so much we're so appreciative of your love and your support of our ministries here and we want you to know that we couldn't do it without you without your time without your attention we couldn't make this happen so thank you so much for being with us virtually and digitally and in all of these different ways I want to take a moment to thank our building engineer jerry johnson and his whole crew of workers damian richard frank and all of those guys Uh, they've been doing so much work to prepare us for coming back into this building at some point Now, we do know that we are going to try to open up soon in a limited capacity, but they've been hard at work cleaning and reorganizing and shining the pews, and so we're so grateful for them. So if you're by the church or you run into them sometime, just stop and say thank you, because they're working hard for you and for all of us, and we really, really appreciate them. Please join me in our prayer of confession. Let's pray. God of all glory, you look from heaven and see us as we are, not worthy to kneel at your feet, not ready to welcome your way. Forgive us, gracious God. In Christ, stoop down to save us. Loosen the ties that bind us to sin and set us free to love and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take this moment of silence to confess your hearts to God. Friends, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is this that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Christ forgave us. Now go and sin no more. Amen. The King shall
1: come when morning dawns and light triumphant
0: breaks
1: beauty gilds the eastern hills and life to joy awakes
0: our scripture this morning comes to us from mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 11 listen now for the word of the lord The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I'm sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make God's paths straight. John was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. About that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, You are my son, whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. This is God's word to us. Thanks be to God. John the Baptist starts his ministry outside of the temple and actually in a way that positions himself against the religious institutions of the time and actually the political institutions as well. He's a little bit of a rebel. He thought that the the whole system needed to be taken down. And and this is kind of significant for John the Baptist because if you remember the accounts in Luke, John the Baptist is actually the son of Zechariah. And Zechariah was a priest in the temple. And that meant that John the Baptist should have been a priest as well. And he would have been well known in the community because He was the son of Zechariah, and he was maybe supposed to, you know, take a place as a priest, but he has decided not to do that. He has decided that he doesn't want to be associated with the temple. He's decided that this whole thing needed to be flipped upside down. And he feels very strongly about this, John the Baptist does, strongly enough To die. You remember the story about Herod sending for John the Baptist's head to be placed onto a silver platter. John felt very strongly about speaking against the institutions and the religious structures of the time, and it gets him killed. He's so desperate, and we might say that he's so desperate to see this change because. He felt the world had turned its back on his people. The world, the religious institutions, had turned its back on the infants, on the orphans, on the widows. He was so willing to see this change in the world that he would rather rebel and die at the hands of the system that raised him live under its threat or see other of his people live under its threat and so he goes out into the wilderness he leaves the temple he leaves the city he goes out into the desert and he starts saying things like down with it all it's all corrupt everything must change repent or perish yet 40 days, and this place will be overthrown. And so Jesus here, at the beginning of his ministry, he has to ask himself a question. and He's reached this sort of crisis point. And by crisis, I mean he has to just make a decision. He has to make a judgment. Which way does he want to go? Does he want to go the way of John the baptizer, the way of a rebel, or... Does he want to go the way of convenience? And he really has to ask this question. It's not just a question about like, you know, okay, well, what am I going to do with my life? It's more of a question of who does he want to be? Who does he want to be in the world? Because if he goes the way of John, that's a pretty scary, uncertain way. Jesus wants to be a teacher. This is evident because he's been teaching in the temple since he was 12 years old. I mean, this is what he was born to do. We might say it's what he was called to do. It's what he was sent to do. You know, but if he chooses to go this way of John, John's not respected. John's not a part of the community of teachers. He's not a part of the community of priests. He's rejected the temple He's decided to do his own thing. He's gone his own way, the way that he feels God is calling him to go. And so Jesus has a question. And he has to wrestle with it. And it's much more about just his future, its identity, its, its calling. And, you know, John's not always rational, <laughs> I mean, think about it. He, he left the city. He left everything he knew behind and he decided that he was going to go out into the desert and he was going to start eating bugs and finding wild honey and dwelling in caves and huddling over fires at night. I mean, this is who John is. And it's not normal. John is not a man as men should be in the eyes of, The authorities in the eyes of just normal society, you know, people, maybe like you and me. And the authorities, they don't like John. They don't like someone preaching against what they're doing. They don't want anything to be different or anything at all to change. They wanted it all to go back to the way it was and the way it used to be. The way it used to be, you know, when Solomon was king and the nation was so prosperous. The way it was when David used to be king, when Samuel led the nation, when there were only judges and they didn't even have a ruler of the nation, when Moses led the people out of Egypt. They wanted to go back and back and back, maybe all the way to where Adam and Eve were in the garden, and everything was perfect, and everything was tranquil, and it was calm, and there was peace. That's what the authorities want. That's what the religious structures and the institutions of the time want. They just want tranquility and peace. They want to hold on to their power. They don't want anything to change. And if anyone threatens to change anything, they'll kill them. Anyone. And so Jesus has to really ask. He had to ask deeply, truly, did he want to go the way of John the Baptist, the way of baptism, the way of confessing sins. That's what the text says. John's baptism includes the confession of sins, the repentance of a person. And so Jesus must have wondered. He must have struggled with this. This is a huge decision. I can imagine that maybe it kept him up at night. He must have struggled with it. And I don't think it's necessarily the decision (laughs) <laughs> that that he desired to make, you know. I, I think I think he must have struggled with it like he struggled in Gethsemane, saying to God, Father, Father, if, if it's your will, take this cup from me, take it out of my hands. I don't I don't want to suffer like this. He has to be agonizing over this decision. Does he keep on with everything just as it is and does he just keep going and don't ask questions, don't think, just teach what you're supposed to teach, just say what you need to say, don't do much of anything, don't do this, don't do that, just keep the course and everything will work out for you, Jesus. Or is he going to go the other way, the way of resistance the way of rebellion, the way of criminality in the eyes of the state. He had to decide, and it must have been agonizing, which way does he go? Well, we know the ending to the story, right? He goes down to the water, doesn't he? He goes down to the water there, and it doesn't say that God told him to go, right? It doesn't say his mother dragged him down there by the ear and told him to go get in line and keep quiet. It says he came, or he went. He decided. He chose. He went the way he thought he needed to go. And again, maybe not the way (laughs) his gut told him. Go because it was scary because he maybe has a glimpse of what the ending is going to be like he went down to the water and john took him and john submerged him and just as jesus is coming up out of the water the sky splits in two and a great dove falls down and there's this voice this powerful voice That starts echoing out of the chambers of the heavens that says, This is my child. This is my beloved son. This one, this one right here. He belongs to me. He's one of mine. Look at him. Look at him. He's magnificent, he's spectacular. God looks down on Jesus in that moment and says, I'm so pleased. I'm so happy. And I just love that ending to the baptism of our Lord. Because after this struggle that Jesus must have had, after this wrestling with a big decision, after the uncertainty of making a decision like that in taking a stand and and really figuring out who he is going to try to be in this world, who he was sent to be. After all of this, God affirms him. And God says to Jesus, you're my son. In you, I'm well pleased. It's another way of saying, I love you. I love you. And I think that God is saying that to us this morning. I think that for so many of us, 2020 has been a year where we've experienced a lot of change. We've experienced a lot of heartbreak. We've experienced a lot of loss. We've experienced so many different things that we could have never expected to experience and we've struggled and we've toiled and we've had to make decisions about certain things and it's like the the political world has required us to take a stand in, in a lot of ways and sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's difficult. But even after all of that, I want you to know that God loves you. God is looking down upon you and smiling at you. God is saying to you, you are my child. And God gives us that love and that affirmation just as he did with Jesus. We may not see the sky split open. We may not hear a great voice fall from the clouds, but We have the witness of Scripture, and we have the witness of our church. God loves you. And I want you to know that if you're listening this morning and you're struggling, you're confused about everything happening in the world, everything you've seen on the news recently, people storming the Capitol this week, people dying if you're confused and hurt about being away from family and friends, if you don't know where 2021 is going because we thought it was maybe off to a good start, but it's, it's maybe taking a turn. If you're in need, if you know anyone else in need, if you just need an ear to listen, if you just need someone that you can vent to, someone that you can ask questions to, I want you to know that your church is here for you. I want you to know that I'm here for you. These are not easy times to be alive, even though it seems like we're doing so much less than we used to. We're all struggling, some of us much more than others. I want you to know that God loves you and that your church family is here for you and that I'm here for you. And if you need anything or you know anyone that needs anything, send them our way. We want the whole world to know that God loves them, that God's smiling down upon us and saying, "These, These are my children. These are my children. And that makes me happy. Amen.
1: Oh, S- so-
0: going to invite you to join us in our prayers of the people and as always at the end of this i'll kind of prompt you to say that we're going to pray the lord's prayer now and when we come to that i do want you to know pray that just however you want okay there's no wrong way to pray we say debts here i usually say sins because that's what i was raised on some of y'all are old school and you say trespasses and that is okay there's no wrong way to pray i promise Let's pray. Good and loving God, we ask for strength and we ask you to bless us with peace. All glorious God, maker of heaven and earth, hear us as we pray. Give strength, O Lord, and bless us with peace. We pray for the world you have made. Move again over these troubled waters, steeped in chemicals and stained with blood. Where carelessness and violence bring chaos, God, restore order, goodness, and life. Give us strength, O Lord, and bless us with peace. We pray for the church that you have redeemed, and we ask that you renew in us the gifts of your spirit in the call to Christian discipleship. Where history and heresy have divided us, God, make us one in the baptism that we share. Give us strength, O Lord, and bless us with peace. We pray for the people you have created. Give to our leaders in all the nations the wisdom to know what is good and what is not good. And God, where people are poor and hungry, provide justice, relief, and daily bread. We ask that you would give us strength, O Lord, and bless us with peace. And now, God, we pray as your Son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Amen. Just have a few announcements for you before we let you go here. Uh, we're starting a new adult education series reading Howard Thurman's book Jesus and the Disinherited. Now this will be a seven week study through the book. It's very, very short and I think we're going to read between like 10 and 15 pages a week. But Howard Thurman's book is is sort of a study on Jesus and who Jesus was. And in Thurman believes and I think rightly shows that Jesus was disinherited, as he says. Today we say marginalized or oppressed. Thurman has this great phrase, he says he's he's concerned and he thinks that Jesus is concerned and so therefore God is concerned for those who have their backs against the wall. And I think this is a great book to kick off our new year as a church that has just committed to being a Matthew 25 congregation because we have sort of outwardly pledged that we are for those whose backs are against the wall. And so we hope that you'll join us for that. That is at 9.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. via Zoom. And you can find the link. uh, We'll drop one in the description right now if you're listening on Facebook. Or you can just go to our website and you'll find the link there. So that's, again, that's starting January 17th at 9.45 a.m. until 10.45 a.m., on zoom and i'm asking everyone that is wanting to sign up um one if you could purchase the book that's great if you can't purchase the book and you want the church to purchase your copy just call our office and let us know and we will get you a copy of the book but let us know soon because as many of you all know the mail is backed up pretty far and we, uh, we want to make sure you get that book in time to enjoy it. If your book still does not come in time, please let me know. I have a copy that I've had for several years now. It's kind of worn, but I'd be glad to scan it and send it to you if you need that. So please, please just let us know. And I'm also asking if you're interested in attending and you're saying to yourself right now, you know, I, I think I'm going to go to that. I think I'm going to try that out. Think of a friend that you might bring, okay? Okay. This is something I want us to practice. Think of someone that you could just bring along, that you think, man, I bet they'd really enjoy this discussion about Jesus from sort of a new angle than what they're used to. So invite them into that. It's, it's such a great group. The adult ed group is so lively, and they're so full of opinions, and they're so full of energy that I, I think anyone who shows up is going to love it. In fact, we've had visitors to our adult ed class that have said afterward, oh my gosh, that's the greatest group that I have interacted with. And how can you not invite people into that? So be thinking about that. That is uh, Howard Thurman's book, Jesus and the Disinherited. And it's beginning January 17th from 9.45 a.m. until 10.45 a.m. on Sunday. So... We have uh, new officers that are coming on to session. Uh, Melissa Henderson, Tom Marshall, Christian Wright, and Loretta Stanton has actually upped her. uh, She's actually coming back on as well. And uh, she's only serving for a short term, not a full term, but we're very grateful for her and for all of our new officers. And and actually, I think Chris Bloodworth as well. So what I want to ask you to do is just pray for them, okay? Just pray for them. Say one prayer for them this month that that God would look out for them, that they would be blessed with peace, that they would be given the strength and the courage to do the things that they need to do. And and, and while we're at it, pray for all of your church leaders and officers, for me and Sarah, for everyone here that makes everything happen. We need your support. We need your prayers. So be thinking about them, and uh, we'll... Have more information on this soon, but we'll do a commissioning service and bless them and and get their uh, terms started off right. As always, we want to remind you that you can give to our church by going to www.fortstreet.org/backslash/give, or you can send your donations to 631 West Fort Street in Detroit, Michigan 48226. Again, that's fortstreet.org/backslash/give or you can just mail a check to our address. Thank you all that have supported us in the past, and thank you for those of you that, that support us, not just with your money, but also with your prayers. Friends, we are going to have a coffee hour right after this, and we will drop a link for that in the uh, comments box. So please, please, if you've got a little bit of time, just stop by with a cup of coffee, say hi to us. We would love, love to see your face. All right. Well, friends, as we go... May you know that God sees you. May you know that God is smiling down upon you. May you know that you are loved and that your life truly matters. Amen.